Morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Midday grind, five nine of the fan. Teeing it up on a Thursday. Beautiful this morning. And then I think it warmed a bit. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold 83 on. degrees. I just cut the front grass. Looks beautiful. Thank you, STL Lawn Care. A little hot, but you know what? Go out there. Get your sweat in. It's a Cardinals off day. Nothing to talk about, right? Get your sweat in. I like that. Right? A nice, healthy sweat. You're probably like me in that you're going to get a sweat in even if you don't do anything? Like Let me you're tell just, you. You're just going to sweat no matter what. Let me tell you. And Cam Jansen... Love you, Cam. He will agree with this because he sweats as well. I sweat the second I get out of the shower. I've just cleaned myself, already sweating. It's a problem. Or if you exercise, and I'm assuming you do. I'm going right after this show here. If I go for a run, and again, people are always surprised. My favorite story, going for a jog, San Francisco, 2002 NLCS. Those are some tough hills, right? So I'm sure I look terrible, just sweating like crazy. And I came around a corner. We were not staying at the same hotel. As the Cardinals. Let me guess. It was Steve Klein. Walt Walt Jockety standing on a corner. And I go, and I'm just dripping with sweat. I think I just finished the run. He's like, wow. And I said, yeah, it was a tough one today. So he goes, no, I have to say I'm completely surprised. (laughs) Like as if he thought I was such a fat (laughs) ass that there was no way he could even picture me running. But if I do go for a run. It takes like an hour for me to stop sweating. Even after a shower, I can't stop sweating. Well, it sounds like for you and Walt, the bar was low for you in terms of exercise, which is kind of the opposite of the 2019 Cardinals because even though they're kind of right in it, the bar is higher, hence some of the controversy slash ranting yesterday pregame from Mike Schilt. Yeah, we we talked a little in the 11 o'clock hour, and... You were down there yesterday, right? So there's all the hoopla because the cup is there. Ryan O'Reilly, Pat Maroon, Alex Petrangelo, Barubi, and the gang. It was very cool. Stillman. And there are a lot of pictures with the Stanley Cup next to a World Series trophy, which if I'm the Cardinals, too, I'm like, hey, let's let's try out some of our hardware, too. Hey, we got – and they're like – and if you're like Maroon's like, which one is that, 82? You got any uh, recent ones? But it was a fun day, right? Overall, in a season that goes 162 – Hey, the cards the cards are hosting the Stanley Cup champions. Kind of a cool night. I wasn't there. Were you there when Schilt and I and Rick Hummel said it basically went on for thirty minutes between the TV cameras and the print guys and the online people in terms of Schilt defending his team and sort of this idea that they're boring or not very good. Did you hear any portion of that? You obviously don't check Twitter because I I discussed this. Now again, I wasn't there for the print portion of the media availability, but I was there for when all the cameras were there and his rant, the one I heard was in response to my question, which I thought was kind of interesting because it was basically 
a throwaway question about the Blues being there. So it was you. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I didn't know That's what this. I was talking about earlier. I was out doing charitable work It's last all night. good. It's all good. Great for the community. All that I asked was, with Craig Berube in town, with the players there with the cup, I said, will you ask them to kind of talk to the guys? little motivational speech. They have a great story. Worst to first. I then even Were said, you kidding? Or, I no. Mean, okay. No, I, I didn't know how you meant it. Feels I like, mean. Like a media chuckle, like, hey, why don't you have Berube fire up the team? But you were actually saying, hey, it'd be kind of cool to let these guys interact. Okay. Anytime somebody famous comes around, whether it's a famous musician or somebody from another sport, another coach, look at spring training, Dabo Sweeney. He's come around twice, right? I know he goes to the Cubs and Brewers as well, but they have those guys talk to the team, right? These are very successful people. So all I said was, will you have Chief or one of the players do the same thing? And Schilt starts talking about the Blues, and that's where he transitioned to what I interpreted as, you know, especially the media perception of the team, maybe the fan base as well being overly negative and kind of wanting more from this Cardinals team. And I just, as I'm sitting there, and he talked for probably five minutes straight. I mean, really. The clip we played in the 11 o'clock hour was about a three-minute clip. Okay, yeah, it was long. And he talks about Whitey Ball and how they play clean baseball and they lead the league in stolen bases. He said he had heard somebody call their team boring, and I don't know if that's somebody on the radio, in print. I mean, I probably called the team boring. I thought he said somebody came up to me. i got to double-check how it was, because I read the commission's breakdown, too, and I, that's the part that stood out to me. I'm like, who's coming up? Now, if you say, I'm flipping around the radio, or I was online a little bit, and I've seen a couple of times where we're referred to as boring, I just find it hard to believe that somebody came up to hey, Mike, how you doing? Your team's boring. And look. And it doesn't really matter, but I wish I knew the sourcing there. Right. Whether it's, look, these guys have friends and family, coworkers that work in St. Louis, whether the team's on the road, they're here half the time. Are you telling me that they're not, every once in a while, hearing something on the radio or watching something on TV or reading something in the Post-Dispatch or STL Today, right? I mean, they have a they have an idea of what the perception is from especially the media. And that's what, what Schilt was really saying is, Basically, every time we do these media availabilities, all the questions are so negative. It's like, when are we going to get going? And he said, look, we were the best team in baseball a month and a half ago. I get it. We're not pitching well. We're not hitting well. But then he said, look, go back the last couple of weeks. We're right in it. We're, we're beating teams. Now, you can say, look, it is the Marlins and the Mets. He, he brought up the fact a couple times about they were down, what, six zip to the Angels Sunday night. He says, hey, look, we came back. We had the, the tying winning run right there ready to go. That, that's the fight of this team. So I just think that yesterday, it didn't matter what the question was. I think Mike Schilt had it on his mind before that game that he was going to get some things off his chest about the team and defend his guys. That's what it was to me. That he walked in knowing that he was going to defend them. Because my question what, was what, not you... controversial in any way, shape, or form. And even so, I was tweeting a little thread here. After the fact, an hour later, I was walking through the Cardinals clubhouse to go to the dugout because it was raining for a live shot. And Schilt walked by and he said, hey, I appreciated your question earlier. He wasn't mad. Oh, he did say yes. that. Oh, that's an interesting exchange. It wasn't exchange. like he, he blew his top. No, of course not. He's not a guy that would do that. It'd be, it'd be wildly entertaining if he went Hal McCray on us. And, and my point is, I don't think it didn't matter who asked the question necessarily or what it was about. I think no matter what, Schilt had some things to say that he was going to get out yesterday in his media availability. And a lot of coaches and managers do that. They walk out yes. like a Monday press conference, the Fishers, the Martzes, they know exactly what they're going to drop on everybody. And sometimes it's diffuse things. Sometimes it is to get back to the team. So maybe 
And again, because your question was blues related and then it kind of got into a deeper theme about all the negativity, he may have said, this is my chance in his head. I'm going to jump in and maybe he's trying to get it to the team like, all right, let's go here. If, if Schilty's fired up, we should be fired up. I just think a lot of it rang hollow. And here's the, the line in Rick Hummel's synopsis of what was said. Then Schilt related how somebody had said to him the other day, man, this team is boring. And I just can't picture that. Whether it's his, the guy who cuts his lawn. Yelling out the window, hey, Skipper. Your team is boring. boring. I, I'm sorry. It's, it's a minor point. It doesn't matter. I just would love to know who's the person. I guarantee you. <laughs> is it Strick? You, boring. I guarantee you either Schilt heard that from somebody on the radio sure. or somebody sure. heard that on the radio, one of Schilt's buddies, and said it to him. That's what Correct. I'm guessing. I think it was something that was relayed back. I just think you got to be careful. I'd be terrible at it. If I was a coach or manager, I'd probably be responding, yeah, well, I read your post today or I saw your tweet last. I probably couldn't help myself, but these guys have to avoid that. That's a real trap. You don't want to start responding to my friend heard somebody say the other day on the radio, or I think Martin and Charlie you know, said you should play Edmund and hit him first, and oh, good, we will. No, I, I, I just don't think you want to fall down that trap. And you're 40 and 38 making those comments. People around here... Look at the standings. We understand you're two and a half back. But nobody's excited about your championship caliber team, and that is the standard that's been set. Right, and and here's the thing. I didn't take it as Schilt was calling out the fans. If some people take it like that, I, I don't think that's fair. I do think, though, the manager, again, if you live in this town, if you walk around, you're always meeting and greeting fans. You're talking to everybody. You're listening to the radio, even a little bit, or or whatever media. You have a general pulse of of the of the media for for certain, but also the fan base. And I do think that the perception is more negative than a team that's one game over 500. But and and he also talked about this. It's because of the last three years, right? It's because this is year four, where to the Cardinals fan base, this is one of the model franchises in all of baseball, certainly, and professional sports in, in North America, and, and not making the playoffs four straight years is not acceptable. And so if you're, if you're saying, look, we're right there, we're two and a half out, one out in the wild card, that's fine. But after three years of not making the playoffs, that's the spot you're in before. You're basically in a coin flip situation right now to make the playoffs. And after three years of not going there, that is not good enough. And it shouldn't be good enough for the team. They should make a bold move because in year 4, you shouldn't go into the final week of the season having to go 6 and 1 or 5 and 1 to make the postseason. And and that's a realistic uh thing that we could be looking at again in 2019, right? Charlie Tuna said I said they were boring last week on Frank's show. We've all said there that. it is. No, we, we've all said that. I know. The quote was the line was a guy came up to me and said this. That's the part I was sort of having fun with. I doubt you know, the guy that you run into at Starbucks, "Hey, how you doing? Are you the manager?" Your team's boy. And look, to be fair, I think this all kind of comes back to the Blues a little bit. I think the Blues have a lot to do with this because when you're watching playoff hockey, you feel like you're on speed watching it, right? It's so exciting. And then your team wins the Stanley Cup for the first time in 52 years. You're on this unbelievable high. And then the parade. And then it's, okay, the Blues are over. Let's switch to baseball. It's hard to get as excited. And I love baseball. Baseball is my favorite sport. But coming off winning the Stanley Cup and then the parade – and then you're watching a Cardinals-Marlins series in June, it's hard to come to come down from that high. And it's not the same. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, it's game 74 of 162. I also wouldn't invoke Whitey Ball because yes. that is 
not, not, not that it's hollowed ground, but it's a very specific style and era that was exciting. Even if they lost three to two, they're running around like jackrabbits. I mean, that's what they did. I don't equate this team to Whitey Ball. I respect the fact that under Schilt and one of our big complaints, and maybe he's thinking, God, nobody's giving me any credit because it was a disaster for a while. Base running, still have some issues. But overall, and there's an analytic breakdown of everything, but overall, their defense is better. Their base running is better. He's right. That's something that St. Louis people would appreciate. That, to me, sounds more like fan than media, that I thought people appreciated Mm -hmm. those types of things. It is good that the defense is better, the base running is better, but I wouldn't say Whitey Ball. Now let me ask you this, just ask. If you're John Mazalock and you're tight with Schilt, would you talk to him at all or say, hey, listen, don't don't respond to the media. Don't Where are you getting this stuff from? Where, where, where are you getting or, or do you just say, do your thing? I would say thank you, honestly, because you're deflecting. <laughs> I, I'm being serious when I say this. and that's why Maybe Mo scripted it. Look, I, I put out a Twitter thread earlier trying to kind of talk about everything that was said yesterday. And, again, I'm reading the tea leaves, but I feel like, look, we're out and about all the time for Fox 2 and remotes at Schnooks and all that for the radio station. We're always talking to fans, Twitter, the text line, all that. And I understand social media can be overly negative, but if you had to put a poll out there, where is the target in terms of blame for the 2019 Cardinals? To me, it's overwhelmingly on Mo in the front office. And that's why, you know, I understand if, if Schilt is getting some some uh you know some criticism today for his comments yesterday but i think the blame goes on the front office i think people are much more disappointed and frustrated with mo dewitt etc than the guys on the field now the guys on the field aren't performing right now and that's where look they are playing clean baseball defensively they're very good base running they steal bases but i mean two huge facets of the game starting pitching they're really bad and offense right now since that run of 20 and 10, they're one of the worst teams in all of baseball offensively. Seriously, in like every category. And you cannot say, and I would say it to Mike if he's sitting here, and I respect him, but you cannot say, well, we have to pitch better and we have to hit better and then sort of jump up and down and say, this is a really good team. You can't say we have to. Those are two really, really big areas, hitting and pitching. And you're saying we have to be better at both. That's sort of why people are frustrated. You don't hit real well. You don't pitch real well. People are frustrated. So it's fair. I think his reaction was if the criticism of the team has been unfair, and I don't think it has. Well, I understand what he's saying because Mike Matheny even said this a couple years back. Walking into the park, I remember there was there was one day he did a media availability, and he said, he said, you would think that we're 30 games under 500, right. the type of questions I field. And I get that. And at the time, they were probably around the same spot. Let's say a couple games over 500, right there in the wild card, right there in the division. My point is, look, if you're the Rays or if you're a bad Orioles team that hasn't won in a while, if you're a couple games over, that's okay. For the Cardinals, the bar is higher. And the bar is certainly higher the last three and a half years. I've said this a million times. Can't say it too many times. The Cardinals build up tremendous equity winning championships, 11 to 15. People get that. You can have a down year. Okay, this is year four. It's different. It's different than the next year. And I think the perception and reality at this point are the same. You're running in place. You're sort of running in place. The division has allowed you to stay in the race. But you know what? Welcome to being the head coach of Alabama football. Welcome to being the head coach of Ohio State football. Maybe the manager of the Yankees, where people have really high standards. In, and that's going to happen. And I think 
Maybe it's annoying. Maybe it's frustrating. But that's the job. That's the job. And I think Matheny at times, he knew it was a big job, but thought, God, people are really expecting a lot. They are. They're expecting a lot. Imagine Nick Saban loses one game. There's probably people in Alabama that say he should be fired. Like I mean, he hasn't won a national championship in what? A couple years? Right. And it's it's fascinating to me that the question was, and again, maybe he knew he wanted to defend his team. He's sick of the negativity that's out there. Wanted to point out some of the positive things. But it's amazing to me that it was a blues question because to me, if I'm handling it or if I'm coaching, and I'd love to do some like PR for coaches or managers, blues questions, separate topic. Oh, my God. Their story is so inspiring. Uh, everything they've done is great. And he did give us one a while back where he said, we watched the parade. We'd love to have one of our own. I think he's a little tired of the blues questions, to be honest. But I think I would give a really strong blues answer and say, you know, I, I look forward to meeting Baruby. I love picking the brain of anybody who's won a title. What clicked for them? When did it turn? Seasons obviously can change. You guys better pay attention because you probably wrote the blues off too. But I would give a really strong blues answer. And then I would stop and say, but regarding our team, because I don't think you can kind of lump those two together without it being a bad look. Because the Blues deserve all the praise in the world. It's a weird world where the Blues are overshadowing the Cardinals in terms of success. Not franchise and money and fans. I understand the Cardinals are still mammoth. But in terms of success now, you're the little brother. I never thought I'd see that. Here's what I will say, though. Yesterday... When I asked him that question, he did give a nice soundbite for about 25 seconds. We aired it on Fox 2 about the Blues. But then he transitioned off, and it was just, like I said, he wanted to say this. Do you know what I'm saying? He came in there with this message. He was going to get it out either to the media or to the fans through the media. Halfway through that rant, and I'll tell you what, when I go to Fox 2 later tonight, I will post the entire answer on Twitter so people can hear the whole thing. Halfway through, he even said, you know, I know I'm kind of getting off the the topic of the question. He even said that midway through as he was defending his team, mentioning Whitey Ball, stolen bases, two and a half games out. So he even realized midpoint that we were now no longer talking about the Blues. Again, he just had this in his head. He was going to get it out there. If it's a turning point in terms of him being more contentious or... And it wasn't. More, not content, but I hope he... I'm, I'm fine if he wants to snap at us every once in a while. 100%. Stir it up. It's 162 games. If you want to say, hey, Charlie, that's just an asinine premise. I am all for that. I am all... I'm all for him calling in and saying, hey, uh, Doug and the cat and Tim, I heard you guys... I was driving down. I get to the ballpark at 5 a.m. I'm a grinder, but I heard you guys talking. I would love that. Now, you don't want to get... You don't want to get into media wars, but if we're gonna if we're gonna spice it up a little bit from him on down, I'm all for it because if anything, I think they have been boring as an organization for a little while. And if Schilt wants to stir it up, let's do it. And here's the beauty of this: Schilt stirring it up, or quote unquote ranting, <laughs> or being quote unquote controversial, was him never once swearing, never Correct. once raising his voice, being as he always is, very candid, very professional. And again, just randomly because I walked past him an hour later, he literally said to me. Thank you. I appreciated your question. I mean, there was nothing. Oh, I understand. You know what I'm saying? This, this is not Mickey Calloway and Vargas saying we're going to knock, Baruby you, knock you the blank out. What I think, though, is but I, what I'm being somewhat facetious, yes. but I'm all for managers being as interesting as they can be. What I think is really interesting, because we live in this 24-hour news cycle, or if there's nothing else going on, maybe that extends 36 hours, is the narrative of what would we be talking about today? If the Cardinals won eight zip, because look, Wainwright shoved, but the offense 
didn't give us anything. But my point is, now you have an off day. This is what we do in the media. We don't have a game to talk about. We have the rant to talk about and a bad baseball game. All day today, Schultz, Schultz uh, comments are going to be the discussion. And then tomorrow you have a late baseball game in San Diego. I feel like if the Cardinals would have won 8-zip, hit three home runs, offense gets going, today do we say, man, Schilt kind of got those boys going a little bit, right? There's a lot of results-oriented in, in how we approach these things the Well, next Zach day. Sanford got beat up by Bortuzzo, right? And we're all like, oh, my God, who beats up a team? And then they're like, oh, it turned it all around. Maybe right, text it in, try it, bank, take it to the bank, text line. Uh, and it would be interesting to hear from folks. Did you like the message? I'm sure most people, especially those who will respond, will say no. It was deft tone, whatever you want to say. Or maybe somebody out there would – I don't want to coach the texter, Chuck, but I'm interested in people's okay. reaction to what was said. At 855-282-8255, try it, bank, take it to the bank, tell us what you thought. Not just about this team, but maybe about Mike Schilt pushing back and defending them. Is it just typical coach speak? 855-282-8255. It's brought to you by Triad Bank, located in Frontenac on Clayton Road, one block west of Lindbergh. Stop by and see Jim Regna and his team. If you're a business owner looking to do more business, they can help you out. A bank that was started in St. Louis, 2005. Five-star rated bank. So for all your banking needs, see them in person or online at triadbanking.com. I, for one, I was kind of Twitter silent last night. We had the event, by the way, Kudos to Will DeWitt, uh, put on the great St. Louis Sound competition over at the Sheldon Concert Hall, and the winning performer. So we had 10 different folks on the stage, and you had hip-hop, you had R&B, a little bit of gospel, we had rock and roll. The winner, uh, Clayton Jones, kind of like a Jason Mraz, Maroon 5 sound, who was really good. Mm -hmm. He was like the second entry. He's going to Nashville. So shout-out to that event. So because I was there... Uh, in my Nick Cannon role, I think you decided, didn't you say oh, that? Yeah. I, I reminded you, you a little. like him? Kind of like Nick Cannon. In in that role, I was off Twitter so like three, four hours. So I kind of missed the buildup to the game, the game itself. And then as I'm leaving, checking the scores, kudos to Wainwright, who's really good at home. And I did say this point earlier to Frank, Wainwright as a fourth or fifth starter is just fine. What's he making? A million five, two million, whatever. A lot you're, of incentives there. But you're paying him, basically. Yes. You're paying him to be the back end of the rotation. I think when you see him out there, you're like, oh, this guy's not the ace anymore. I don't think they're expecting him to be the ace. The problem is Michaelis. The problem is Flaherty. The problem is Waka. So you get a winnable start from Wainwright. You lose that. You go four and five on the homestand. Still, Charlie, nine and seven overall on their last 16. Since the sweep at Wrigley... Nine and seven, but just forty and thirty-nine overall. Bill Parcell says you are what your record says you are. Do you think that the media is unfairly negative? No. In because general, yes. In this town, no. I agree. And that's my point is like nobody's saying you just went two and fourteen. They're saying, let's be real. You you're playing teams that are kind of like you. The Angels and the A's and the Cardinals right now are all in basically the same spot, right around 500. Mets is a, I mean, they're a disaster right now with everything going on. The Marlins are not a good team. So look, you can only beat the teams that are in front of you, but when you play teams that are of your similar ilk, like the Angels, like the A's, and then you go nine and seven, to me, that's just not a, that's not a team that's doing big things. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I just, my whole premise on it is, and it's interesting, I'll take it any day of the week, especially in a long season. 
when Bernie and, and Tony got into it and they're screaming at each other, it was fantastic. <laughs> Tony's yelled at me before. It's fantastic. He used to yell at Joel Gold. Joel still has a little PTSD from all those days on the road. It's interesting. We want interesting. The Cardinals have been sort of a boring organization. Whoa. We want interesting. Winning baseball, of course, trumps all of that. I have no problem with it. I just don't know where this came from. You're coming off a weekend with Albert. Big old love fest. Buildings packed. A's are in town. You still got a little bit of buzz. Piscotti gets an ovation. Like, I don't know where, unless he was listening to the radio or going on to Twitter, where, because Derek Gould and Rick Hummel are not peppering him every day with horribly negative stuff. I mean, there's probably questions. What do you do to get Goldschmidt going? Hey, is Waka going to be back in the rotation? We're down there enough that I don't think there's been an overly negative line of questioning. Because you just brought this up, it made me think of something, though. In the last couple of weeks, are we have we really been celebrating at all the 2019 Cardinals? You just said, what was the weekend about? It was all about Albert Pujols. That's that's the Cardinals' past and and great championships and the last time they won a championship in 2011. Last couple of days, the Cardinals lose both their games to the A's, but we're talking a lot about Stephen Piscotty coming back. For the last couple of weeks and and months before that, as they're on their run through the Stanley Cup playoffs, everything's about the Blues. So there's really not a lot of positive talk about actually the 2019 Cardinals playing baseball on the field. Well, what what should it be? Where is the, you know, hey, you're stealing bases. That's We've what I'm lost, saying. You know. But I think that's fair with where they're at right now. And look, when they were 20 and 10, we should go back and, and check the tapes. Weren't we all pumping them up? Weren't we all saying, oh, best team in well, baseball, he, That's another record. point he brought up. He said nobody gave us. People yes, were, we did. People were loving it. 100%. Saying, wow, look at this. No, they got, that's where I disagree, and you sort of lose the room. Because when they were winning... And playing great, we're like, holy smokes. The, the Cardinals tweeted out, hey, look who's got the best record in baseball. Look, at, We all probably retweeted and said, holy cow. And I guarantee if you pull the sports cast from those nights, we we're all like, best team in baseball, baby. The media's biggest cheerleaders in the world, whether it's New York, Philly, St. Louis, they got plenty of kudos for that. So text in, be a part of it. The Triad Bank text line at 855-282-8255. We were talking cheeseburgers earlier with Frank. This will shock you. I was listening. But right at the end of the 11 o'clock hour, Pretty much ran out of content every day. No, every day Frank gets hungry and we start talking food. Fast Eddie's is the place to go. If you're starving, load up. Do the full Strobinger. Order everything on the menu. Peel and eat shrimp, basket of fries, half pound Fat Eddie burger, homemade bratwurst. Boy, the just the thought of it gets you hungry, gets you ready. The grill is on now. The doors open at 1. They're open seven days a week. Fast Eddie's in Alton, Illinois. The tradition continues Great day to just sit out on the patio, the live music. Chuck, it's Thursday. Nobody's really working because it's almost the weekend. It's almost the 4th of July. Cardinals off day. Big 4th of July coming up here pretty soon. Again, we still have Stanley Cup fever. It's all good. It's a beautiful day in St. Louis. Sit so. around with your friends and talk about the Cardinals' great defense and whitey ball. Go to Fast Eddie's in Alton, Illinois. Or you could send a text into the text line, 855-282-8255. The Bo Weevil of Bevo Mill says, guys, 1,000% that the timing is just right for a nine-game road trip for the Cardinals to get the H-E double hockey sticks out of town. 618. I thought they are going to say get hot and start winning games. They're saying just get out of town. I guess, yeah. Schilt needs to learn from Berube on how to be brutally honest with the team while still motivating them to compete. I think that's a... That's a good text there. Yeah, I I don't think it helped him to have Berube in the building and for this defense of the team go back in January or late December... I don't think Berube was telling anybody this is a good team. 
And I don't think you'd hear that out of him. He called out Tarasenko. And remember, do you remember when the, the Blues... He benched Steen, basically. Right. He said, you're, you're, you've Peron. been here forever. All you guys, I'm in charge. Here's how we're going to get better. Too bad. And think about it like this. It had become a joke, right, about the too many men on the ice penalty, where half people said that's all on the coach. Half people said these players, I mean, what the hell are they doing? Do you remember after they had whatever it was, the fourth or fifth, too many men on the ice penalty? Craig Ruby comes out there and he goes, the players are just being stupid. He said something like they're just being stupid. It's stupid. That's what he said. He said no. I mean, and, and he called out his players and guys that are making big salaries and changed the roles of guys who are making big salaries. And look, there's some comparisons there with the Cardinals because you got some guys. Look, Tommy Edmund played last night. Matt Carpenter's making a lot of money, and he's struggling. And I'm, again, not saying you need to bench these guys because I think they're going to hit. Paul Goldschmidt's not hitting. When you have a lot of guys making a lot of money that aren't performing, it's hard to win that way. Freshen it up. That We're big fans of freshen, freshen it up. It up and they did that, but I'll bet you anything, Friday night, San Diego, who's hitting leadoff? Who's playing third? I'll bet you the ten dollars I already owe you. I'll bet you anything. We have to look at matchups here. Who's pitching? Is it Eric Lauer? I don't for know. The, uh, but the I'm Padres? just saying that the the Edmund hitting leadoff for one night goes two for four. I guarantee that that's short lived. I can I see him getting a couple predict. a couple shots. Oh, and also he can play multiple positions, so you can rotate him around a little bit and give some other guys a, a breather if need be. Proper follow up with Schilt, and I wasn't there. Would be oh Mike, Mike, don't worry. Nobody's blaming you. They think you've been handed a bad team. That's what I'm saying. I, mean, I, I don't know if he's aware of that, and it's not going to make him feel any better. The guy works his tail off. He is there early. They are breaking it all down. The interesting thing to me on Tuesday, and Derek Gould is a reporter, first and foremost, and he doesn't like take shots, but he had a great, interesting tweet about how Bob Melvin sort of took over that game by yanking his pitcher early, then the double switch, because he's in the National League. There's no DH, which, and I know Melvin's been in the National League before, but that guy comes up to hit, has a home run, and then he's still got his normal DH sitting on the bench, and he used him pretty early, kind of went for the kill, and Derek basically pointed out on Twitter how it was a managerial success for Melvin, and somebody said, oh, crushing uh, crushing shield, and he's like, no, I'm just saying, you can use your own eyes here and see the difference. I wonder if Schultz saw that and was offended or thought that was kind of rude because it was clearly, hey, one guy was aggressive and went for it, did the right moves, and the other guy was a little slow to react. There is another team you're competing against, though. Like, if you if you give props to another team for doing well, that's sure. not always ripping on the Cardinals. If you say Bob Melvin did a good job, that's not always ripping on Mike Schultz. In the same vein that I feel like any time you say something positive about Mike Schultz in the last year, it's always seen as a slight to Mike Matheny, right? And that's that's not always the case. That's fair. All right, Texters, 855-282-8255. Chuck's in great spirits because the chimney is looking good. The chimney's looking good. The grass is looking good. So you got STL Lawn Care. you got STL Chimney. But also, Otis is out of the house right now, okay, because he's getting trained at Kennelwood Pet Resorts. It's the destination for St. Louis pets this summer with 45 years of experience, Kennelwood. Knows what pets want and need. Our dog Otis loves his vacations at Kennelwood. The staff cares for Otis and his friends when they're vacationing there. It's a vacation for the pets as well. 24-7, 365 days a year. That is peace of mind for pet parents like me because we love our dog. Want to make sure Otis is well cared for. When we're away, and I know I can trust the caring staff at Kennelwood every time we've been taking Otis there for five years. So look no further 
Book your pet's vacation at Kennelwood and enjoy your vacation. Knowing they're in great hands with Kennelwood, call them today. And don't forget to ask for their free pet sleepover orientation. Also, to get started, they got boarding, grooming, day camp, training, Invisible Fence brand. We've done it all at Kennelwood Pet Resorts right now, Martin. I'm doing the training with Otis where I have to go there two days a week. So Tuesday, Do you wear the collar? Tonight, I wear the collar. Our guy Matt, and he's trying to get Otis after five years. What's the old the old uh, can't teach an motto? old dog right. new tricks? We're trying to reverse that because Otis goes crazy anytime the mailman comes, wakes up the baby. If a worker comes to the house, Otis sometimes likes to attack them and even bite them. We're trying to stop that, thanks to Kennelwood Pet Resorts. Probably a good idea. Yes, hundred uh, percent. Friend of the show, Dave Job. The host of Jober's Jokes of the Week, which then became a bi-weekly, bi-monthly annual event, a longtime Fox 2 sports producer basically texting in and saying that Ruby wouldn't have done this and then said, I think it's sour grapes. She did it on the Blues Day. It would be interesting if you're a diehard Blues fan, if you feel that it was the wrong time because it was their night. I had not thought of that twist. People are saying that on the text line. A couple people have mentioned that, that it was the Blues night. 855-282-8255. Quick break here. It is the Midday Grind. Tried absolution, not the mind and soul. It only let me where I should not go.